It's time to present Scott DuPont to bring you another episode of Finance Your Movie with tips and strategies to help you get your money to tell your story. It's time! Okay, another exciting episode. I'm here today this week with Teresa Kelton, a fellow actor-producer. Welcome, Teresa. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So, Teresa, you're the co-owner and executive vice president of Rehab Entertainment, and um, we'll get into that a little bit. And you're originally from Texas, and right. what fascinated me, which will be of great interest to our audience, is you starred in and produced several indie features when you were there in Austin, correct? Right. Yes, absolutely. In fact, you did like a run of them, like three or four movies in a row. Yeah, I was on that same team for about 10 movies over a period of five years um, and produced most of them, not not all 10, but um, was kind of a, a, among the group. So I was seeing how it was all happening. Now, did any of those you helped finance or were you in that stage of it at all? I did it in the capacity of when we would do like the go the GoFundMe's or the the Indiegogos, the Seed and Sparks, um, I would definitely be part of the team that was pushing those, that was trying to come up with you know the kind of content to create to you know pull people in um, and doing just the various kind of research on you know what what the best perks were to give at certain you know um, price points and that kind of thing. Um, I was never myself an investor. Um, and at that point, I wasn't talking directly to um, financiers per se. It was a lot more of the Indiegogo um, okay. kind of approach at that point. So if you can just give us an example of one of those films, because they were all, I'm guessing, under a million dollars. What what mm -hmm. kind of was the percentage or ratio of your Kickstarter, Indiegogo raise versus your equity raise like did you raise a hundred thousand dollars through donations and then five hundred thousand in cash yeah so a lot of the movies that i did were under 100k at that point um and we would do the indiegogos and those would go about 30 to 50 and then the um the producers and the owners of that company would go and try to get financing from our equity financing from other other ventures using that you know hey we've already built up this amount of money and there's a lot of interest for it and um pulling them pulling them in that way okay excellent and i i see uh by the way congratulations on i didn't realize i kind of figured there were two to five hundred thousand dollar movies because mm -hmm. i see they're they're distributed they look like pretty high quality movies so you yeah. stretched you stretched the dollar there yeah um there's been a lot of filmmakers who have successfully done that hybrid model mm -hmm. where you did, like I said, the crowdfunding and then the equity. Since you were more focused on the crowdfunding, what are some tips or advice for people either doing a hybrid or maybe just raising 50 or 60 to do a micro budget? I think the now, especially because when I was doing those, that was um, when they were kind of first coming out. Um, those venues, uh, but the, you know, the, the model has been out there now for a while. And so the competition is fierce. And so I think it's like, you really want to make sure that even the, the content that you're putting out to, 
to bring people in and to get them excited about the project and fund it has to be almost like up to par with the project itself that you're wanting to create. Um, you know, and I think I've, I've seen in a lot of capacities, you know, if you have a project that's utilizing like a new kind of technology or like if you're utilizing Unreal or you're utilizing even like an LED screen on a lower level, um, adding those kind of elements to your fundraiser are is really beneficial because people are like, oh, that looks like something new and exciting and it's a new approach. And um, I think it just gets people kind of excited. It's like when the Mandalorian came out with those LED screens and everyone went crazy, you know, like what's happening out there in these bigger budgets and how can you kind of attract people through, you know, different filmmaking styles and utilizing technology on a lower level that makes sense and then you know bringing in your cast and crew I think the more people who are involved who have great things to say who seem excited about the project you know that's just going to bring in that momentum a, the momentum and they're going to be more interest invested in it as well and so they're going to share it with more of people because they're like hey look at this you know cool video I'm a part of or this thing that I'm part of making and you're just going to get more people looking at it and and hopefully more funders that way yeah, and it it's a lot of effort, right? I mean, it's not just like, hey, put up the page and hope for the best. Exactly, and that's one of the biggest things is like it's almost as work-intensive as making the project um, that you are trying to get funding for. So, and I know a lot of people who get, you know, really, really down in the first day if they're not, you know, they don't make it all in one day. And it's like, well, you've got to you've got to be able to keep the momentum and their strategies that you have to do to, you know, it's, you have to pre-plan the GoFundMe just like you would pre-plan the production. Absolutely. Did you ever do any of the newer crowd investing model versus crowd donations? I haven't done the crowd investing model. Um, because once I, once I was out of the uh, out of that, out of Austin, and I moved here, the projects that I work on now are a lot of um, more of your traditional, like, independent film fundraising, a lot more of, like, equity fundraising. No, we don't really do any of, like, the crowd donation or even crowd investment anymore, or it's studios who are paying for it, um, you know, just kind of various models uh, um, now. So before, but, before we get to the studio, I want to talk about yeah. Apple TV in just a second. Since you got out from Texas out here to LA, um, mm -hmm. you've done a few projects where you have raised a little bit of equity. Yeah, yeah. And tell me about that process because it always seems to be um, a challenge for people who have never done that before, especially someone just out of film school. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very lucky in that I have a, a pr producing partner who's been in the industry for a very, very long time, um, and and kind of knows his way around and knows his way around when things uh, change in the industry as they often do. Um, but in my experience has been, you know, a lot of what we do is we're putting together, um, you know, we're putting together a lot of pitch presentations, a lot of decks, you know, a lot of, um, if we don't have a script yet, you know, we definitely have a creator who has their their concept and their idea. And then we're going out to independent financiers who are then investing the money, um, you know, and, and sometimes they're, if they're a distributor, they're taking, you know, whatever territory they're taking, um, you know, and then we're also, if we're doing that model, then, you know, we then can go out and 
gather funds from outside the U.S., other other territories doing it that way in distribution, um, that model is getting tougher and tougher just yeah. because of the streaming model because they yeah. want to take worldwide. Um, but it's still being done. Um, and, you know, it gets interesting when you have, you know, because you might want you might have a financier who comes in who, um, you know, puts up a percentage of the budget you still got to go make more money. And then you get to a point where like you're almost there and you need that last financier to put in like the last million or whatever. Um, and it's interesting because that financier almost kind of gets a leverage oh, to, totally, get what, totally. to get they, what they want out of that yeah. deal. And so I last think money that, in first money out. I want exactly. this term. I want that. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, I'd say that's something to just know going into it. And I don't think people like I didn't really understand that when I, you know, until I was kind of in the midst of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, like they have a lot of leverage because they're the last piece that you need. They're like the keystone. And so, um, you know, you have to be thinking about that within all the other deals, like your deals for this financing becomes like a great big puzzle. So, yeah. um you know, I definitely, you definitely want to have like some sort of, you know, lawyer, BA team behind you when you're doing these things as well. Um, if you're doing them, you know, kind of at a certain level, um, just so you understand like what your waterfall looks like. And so you're not ever in these, you know, breach of contracts, which then can be, um, thankfully I've never gone through that, but I've heard people who have gone through that and it's not, it's not good. No one wants that. <laughs> So the light bulb went off for me, and hopefully it did for some audience members. You said when you got out here, you hooked up with a veteran experienced producer who knew right. that model. Um, did you just kind of network with him or was it, how did, because that's what I really encourage first, second time feature uh, folks to do is hook up with somebody who's already gone through the process. Yeah, a thousand percent. I, um, yeah, when I came out here, I, uh, I started at Rehab Entertainment as an assistant and it was a very small, you know, it was me and then, um, John Hyde, who's my producing partner. And then there was a VP of development and production there at the time, um, who had come out a legendary and she, uh, oh, wow. she, she had, she actually ended up leaving a few months in. And so then it was just John and I. And so I spent, you know, probably, six to nine months just kind of listening to him wow fly about. on the wall yeah just fly on the wall like I would be on calls I would you know if I could get into the meeting at that point I would um it didn't take me very long uh he was always very very much someone who wanted to make sure I had a seat at the table which is awesome um but yeah I mean that just it was very lucky I'll be honest it was a very lucky happenstance that I started working there just had a really great relationship with this person um, who had this extremely, you know, uh, successful career and had done a lot of different things. I mean, from Flight of the Navigator to uh, The Simpsons, you know, so it's just yeah. like live action animation, working with studios, doing independence. Um, well, you put, you put yourself out there and you got in the room. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You never um, know who you can network with. No, you never know. And, and I think, you know, a, a part of a big part of it was just always saying yes to an opportunity, even though I didn't really know. I mean, I remember when he was like, Hey, if you really want to take the development production route, you're like, let's do it. Let's build a slate and let's put projects together. And I was just like, okay, let's do it. Like I had no idea what necessarily all of that would entail. Um, 
you know, and it was, yeah, was it kind of scary sometimes? Yes, but it was so worth it. Like sometimes you just got to jump in. So that, that leads me to Apple TV. So this is not necessarily the focal point of our show. Cause we talk about, Hey, how do you develop a movie and go right. raise the money and go do it yourself. But you've, you had already done that in Texas mm-hmm. done a few out here. And then I, I read you developed and produced 20 episodes of Harriet the spy for Apple mm-hmm. TV. Like mm-hmm. tell, tell us how, how that transition happened. Cause that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was an interesting one. So that, um, so we were pitched the 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 book Harriet the Spy. We were pitched the project um, by a company that had, you know, the the last time I had seen Harriet the Spy was the nineteen ninety eight Nickelodeon movie, and so I thought the rights were, you know, were with Paramount Nickelodeon. So when we were pitched the rights to this book, um you know, I was just, my mind was kind of blown that it was even available, but it was such a well-known title. I remembered it as, as a a movie that I loved as a kid and as a book that I loved as a kid. Um, We took it, uh, you know, we loved the pitch. We said, yes, we're interested. Let's take it to the Jim Henson company because my producing partner is vice chairman of their board. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, Jim Henson Company has this uh, fantastic, you know, reputation and slate of projects that they've been doing for a very long time, and and so we felt like we were in great hands, and so we teamed up with them, um, and then the development process was very much like what ha- what what is the heartbeat of this project? What is the heartbeat of this IP? And what has never been done before with it? Because that's going to be sort of the the angle that's going to get buyers interested and finance financiers interested and so um you know that led us to animation because it had never been done in animation before we wanted to take it back to the 1960s where it's originally set and that would have been too big of a price point for a six to 11 you know t- tv show that we that we wanted to do that in new york you know so it was yeah. like how can we how can we do this and how can we take this character back to her roots as a writer versus leaning into like the spy of it all, which is usually kind of the approach because it's a little bit like, you know, for lack of a better word, like sexier. You know, she's a spy and she's got her spy belt and like that's her thing. But it's really about a little girl who wants to be a writer. And so, um, you know, with the Jim Henson Company, we went out, we started looking at animation companies, started talking to showrunners, you know writers in the industry who we knew were going to be perfect for this, you know, kind of show grounded, but still kind of, um, you know, it's animation. So you have this new level of what can you do with this character? Like now you can kind of get into her, into her animate, into her imagination in a way that you never have before. And, and how does that work? A little bit like Hey Arnold, which is one of my you know favorite uh, shows that. growing up. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, we found the, the animation company, and the showrunner kind of came together at the same time. Um, you know, we had a, an animation. Uh, our animation company ended up being Tip Mouse um, uh, Animation, who does Big Mouth um, and just tons of other stuff. And they're wonderful. Um, and so we started working with them to do the initial, you know, concept designs. Um, we ended up getting Will McCrobb to be our showrunner. And with those two pieces in place, we put together a really awesome packet we went out and started pitching all of the networks. So, um, so before we get to the pitch, yeah. did you yeah. just kind of have the concept, like a little teaser? You, you didn't go out and do like the first episode. You just right. had 
Right. We didn't okay. even have a teaser. We didn't even get an like an animation test done. It was all character designs. Like like in um, a deck or something. In a deck, exactly. It okay. was um I think it was like a five uh it's been so long now since this I have to go back and look at it. Uh it was like five to seven pages of, you know, the uh character designs and some background designs that the animation company had done. And then Will McCrobb. Um, had written, you know, just text, and okay. we had someone, we had a graphic designer put that together in a really, you know, cool Harriet the Spy kind of design way. And then um, you're going off to the streamers like Apple. And then we're going off to the streamers with that piece and with Will, who is doing the actual pitching of the of the story and the, um, you know, her character and and what she'll be doing in episodes and we had you know i think we had a season one overview we had a couple of episode examples as part of that pitch they, um, they call that the bible or something right yeah, yeah it was a mini bible i think for us okay. we didn't quite have everything because you're always wanting the buyer to finance you to feel like they're going to have a hand in it as well but it's you but then you're also you want them to know that you've got it you know you're going to be able to deliver it you know what you're doing but there's always a little room of, of yeah. more you know um to have one a few more people at the table to give ideas so yes so that's what we had to go out um and we went out to a lot of different streamers and buyers um and it ended up landing at at Apple TV Plus and Apple TV Plus their model is they they you know they want they want all rights worldwide and they they pay for it all and so then it's just a matter of um you know making sure that your budgets are you know tight um you know because there's uh I believe it was like this for for uh for Apple too um but for a lot of the streamers now especially you they know tighten if you're, up their budgets right they tighten up their budgets, and if you're under budget, they get that back. And if they're and if you're over budget, you have to pay that. You know, so like they give you a certain amount, and that's what you have. Use it as much as possible. Um, you know, and make sure that you're you're really on top of it because you're going to be the one who who has to pay if it goes over. Yeah, um, interesting. Well, congratulations for that. That's that's absolutely huge. That that. You helped develop and produce 20 episodes of a really, uh, like historical series now on Apple TV. So thank you, thank you. So congrats. So, um, before we wrap up here, you you have a saying that um, every once in a while you have this little voice inside your head that tells you you don't belong here. Yeah. And I want you, I want you to kind of dive deep into that to not only the journey that you did which is a little bit different where everyone's on a different journey, right? Right. But especially the people that want to get their first or second feature narrative or documentary done. And they're mm -hmm. daunted by the funding mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that like that little voice, how, how like, how do we yeah. overcome that? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, another saying, which is fake it until you become it, which is, um, you know, it's, it's always, there's always a part of it that's going to feel daunting. Um, you know, even if you listen to some of the greatest, uh, filmmakers of all time, like they're not always getting their stuff made either. Like, so they're dealing with it too. Like, I think I was reading like M night Shyamalan, like takes out mortgages on his house to make movies sometimes, you know, before, before they're really picked up, you're always going to have that feeling um, you just have to know that it's there and, you know, you're, you're, it's your body protecting itself. You know, we are fight or flight, you know, 
people. Um, it's what we are evolutionarily. And so if you're doing something that's risky, like you're going to start feeling like maybe I shouldn't do this. Um, out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone. And you don't want to take the risk and you might lose everything. So, um, you know, just the way that I have approached it is uh, I just kind of keep forging ahead. Like you just kind of have to keep doing it. And, you know, when someone gives you a compliment or says like, wow, you've done amazing things, like let that settle in a little bit and, and take the, take the praise, just take the praise and realize like, yes, I did do this. This is awesome. Um, You know, you obviously there's people around me who helped in that and give them, you, you know, always give them props, but like, it's okay to just be like, I did something really, really hard. Um, and I think it helps you to continue doing it because, you know, the next hard things comes around and you're like, I don't think I can do this. And it's like, well, I thought that last time and I did it anyway. Um, and you kind of have to, in some, you know, it's like, I do a lot of not only, I'm, and I'm also, you know, come from an acting background, which is, you know, a lot of rejection when you're putting your whole self out there, oh, yeah, yeah. you know? So it's like, um, <laughs> and now with pitching, you know, when I pitch projects, you know, for the first few years that I was out pitching and if a project didn't go, I took it so deeply personally that it would just kind of like kill me inside. I would just be like, why isn't this, you know, working? Like, why didn't I, why, why wasn't I able to do this? And I think sometimes like you really have to learn how to step away from something and disconnect from it a little bit and, and in order to move forward with it. Like, okay, this didn't work out. What is my next opportunity? Like if I can't get financing from, you know, an, uh, uh, this, this Hollywood way or whatever you want to call it, could I do it a GoFundMe way? Could I do it through, you know, I know, I, I know so many filmmakers who are, uh, finding actors and people who want to produce after they get inheritances and inheritances and, you know, or investments that they've done, you know, and like ha happens all the time. Want, if you yeah, ask. Yeah. If you ask and if you are putting yourself out there too, you know, and, and, and there are directors that are always putting content out and they're always talking about where it's being distributed. And they're, it's very attractive to someone who has money in their pocket. That's like, Hey, I want, to, to spend $50,000 on a short film, or I have $50,000. Can we start building financing off that amount of money yeah. and get other people involved? Just gotta um, ask. You just have to ask. You put just have to put yourself out there. Just, you know, you're going to be faking it. Sometimes you're not going to have that. Like, you're not going to feel so confident every day to do that. Um, but you have to do it. And I'm all, I'm still always amazed when like something actually comes through or like financing comes together a project comes together and I look back and I thought god I was so I was so scared to like go to that meeting or I was so nervous getting ready for that meeting like there was a part of me that was like just don't do it um you can't do it um you can't you absolutely can yeah. um you just have to uh get a get a handle on your mind on your brain <laughs> show it yeah. who's boss you know well, Teresa Kelton, in a very, very short period of time, you've done it so far. I'm sure there's a lot of great things to come. I would love to hear um, what's your latest project you're working on right now or that's just releasing. 
Yeah, yeah. So actually, the the next ten episodes of Harriet the Spy are coming out May fourth on Apple TV Plus. So the first ten are out, um, but the next drop of ten, her last ten are out um, May fourth on Apple TV Plus. So, um, and you know, it's technically a kids show, but I have a, I know a lot of adults who are who are very into it. So give it a shot, even if you don't have kids, or watch it with the kids, because um, <laughs> it's a very it's a very good co viewing. Uh, it's television cool. show family friendly yeah. for sure exactly exactly and what's the best way that um, people can contact or follow you your social media coordinates yeah so my social media my instagram um twitter facebook is all teresa kelton just my first and last name handle no underscores or anything just teresa kelton at teresa kelton um i'm also on linkedin um i'm not on tiktok yet but maybe someday um but but it's mainly it's mainly twitter facebook and instagram for now um and linkedin so cool well teresa um Thank you so much. Any final words of wisdom before we part ways? To I think people just that are uh, getting ready to do their first or second project. Yeah, I think just um, be as passionate about the development and the um, you know finding the financing as you are as the uh, as you are of the project itself. You know, like go into that like you're going go into that financier meeting like you're showing up to your first day of set, um, your first day of shooting. You know, just be excited you know, show these people that you're, you know, that you're excited. Even if you don't feel like you're confident, you're excited to do it. You want to do this. This is why you're here. So let that be your, let that be your guide is your excitement to really be able to get the project off of the ground um, and, uh, and give yourself that, that pump up you need for whatever meetings you're taking. Awesome. Teresa Kelton, thank you so much. Once again, really appreciate your, uh, your taking time out of your busy schedule. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's time! There's never been a better time to make your own indie film. And if you have a dream project you're excited about and 100% committed to getting it funded, go to financeyourmovie.com and click on the green telephone button. You'll see our calendar and if you find an open spot, grab it. You'll get a one-on-one call with me or one of my partners. It will be the best hour you've ever spent getting clarity and strategy towards financing your movie. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.